Thank you, worship team. I was just sitting there and thinking, I don't think there's any place I'd rather be in that moment. You know? Can you say that this morning? Wow. Wonderful. Um, yeah, this morning we're going to shift gears a little bit. We've been uh, in this series on, on, we're just really, call it a series, but it's, it's, it's seeking out what is it that God has for us as a church. You know, where, does, where is he leading us? And we know the mission that he gave us is to make disciples. We've talked about that, and, and then we've looked at the last number of weeks. Um, we've been looking at what does it mean to be a disciple, how, how a Christian is a disciple. That's what a Christian is. As, as Christians, we are disciples. We are following our master, Jesus. And so we've looked at these final instructions that Jesus gave to his disciples right after the Last Supper, and uh, he gave those final instructions. We've talked about how it's still centered around a relationship with Jesus, even though he isn't there physically with us. It's all about a relationship with him. He has given us the Holy Spirit um, to dwell within us, to come alongside us, to help us on this mission, that we, this relationship is based on us hearing and obeying his word, and it's all bound up in love. I just That, that verse from our Colossians series, how put on love that binds everything together in perfect harmony. I just love that picture. I've been thinking on that one. And so today I kind of want to shift a little bit, and I, I think it's time we start putting some stuff into practice. How's that sound? Is there, did anybody, do you feel like you've got a good foundation, what a disciple is and what our mission is? Are we ready to go, go start taking some steps here? Amen? All right, so, and so I got thinking about that. Our first week, actually, we... Um, we were in Acts, and so, um, and we read, it, Acts 1 is, a, is the account that, that Luke wrote of what happened after, after Jesus ascended to heaven, and, uh, right, and actually Acts chapter 1 is, Acts chapter 1, yeah, I know, <laughs> who, who doesn't feel like that sometimes, you know, I can relate, but Acts chapter 1 um, is actually, is, is Luke's giving the account of the last thing Jesus did. So he gives, he tells them to, to go back to Jerusalem to wait. He's going to send the Holy Spirit. And then, um, and then he's, he's going to, uh, uh, tells them to go then into to Jerusalem and to the ends of the earth and be my witnesses. And then, whoop, he goes up to heaven, right? And, and then right after that, what do the disciples do? So I'm going to read, I don't think our, our projector's not working. So everybody needs to get their Bibles out. This is a good test. Don't bring, oh, I was going to say leave it off. <laughs> no, we'll do the slides. I would like you to get your Bibles out. All right. So this has been our mission. By the way, the, the back at the back there, the yellow sheet is kind of that, that sheet that we've been using to kind of ask us the questions, what is our mission, this is this journey we're on. The blue sheet is just a summary of all the points and notes from the last however many weeks of sermons. So if you want just kind of a summary, you can grab that. There's a bunch at the back. I was kind of updating it each week, but this is, we're going to kind of, you can take one of that. I won't change it for a few weeks. How's that? So if you want kind of a summary of what we just talked about. And, and this is how we've been summarizing. As we're going about life, be disciple makers, inviting everyone to follow and obey Jesus. And 
So here is the command that Jesus gave, Acts 1.8. And here's their obedience. This is what the disciples did. So we're going to look to model ourselves after what did they do. What, do. what do we do now? We're ready to put this into practice. Let's look at what they did. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, or the Mount of Olives, which was near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. So back in that culture, you're only allowed to take so many steps on a Sabbath. Too many steps was work. So, so it actually wasn't that far. If you remember the picture from last week, the, uh, you could, like, it was, if you were good at golf, you could probably drive a golf ball that far, okay? So it wasn't that far. So they returned to the upper room where they had the Last Supper in that. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. So the 11 disciples. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So first thing they do, first thing, they've got all the instruction that we've been given, right? They've, they've, Jesus has given them all that instruction that we've been studying. He's given them the Great Commission. He's just repeated it. The last thing he says is, okay, you're going to go be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Go wait for the Holy Spirit. They, go obey. they obey. The first thing they do, they go back, they wait, and what do they do? In one accord, they pray. Prayer. Prayer is the first thing they did. And that probably isn't a shock to us, but I thought if we're going to do this, church, apparently that's the first step, and so we're going to do that together. We're going to, this morning, we're going to pray together. We're going to do it in one accord. Okay, and so that passage that Doug read, that's going to be our passage for this morning as we walk through this. And so you can turn there. That's 1 Timothy chapter 2. That's going to be our passage for this morning as we walk through this. 1 Timothy, as you're turning there, so it's page 997 in the pew Bibles, or the chair Bibles. I'm still used to saying pews. Um, in the chair Bibles, 997, but 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy was a letter written by the Apostle Paul to Timothy. And Doug gave a little introduction on Timothy, so, and Paul's sending him to be the pastor of the church in Ephesus. And so chapter 1 of, of 1 Timothy, Paul's kind of bringing him up to speed on the issues there, what he's, what he's walking into. And then the beginning of chapter 2, we'll see here, Paul starts by saying, first of all, so here's the first thing, Timothy, you're walking into a mess, I'm asking you to go there to be a pastor, to, to, to help this church, okay? First thing, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. All right? First thing to do, and I, I, I don't think that that should be too much of a surprise that prayer comes first. We, we saw that's what the disciples did. We see that throughout the scripture. They pray. Um, but I don't think I'm saying anything new that we don't already know that as Christians we should pray, right? But how many people find that hard? a little bit hard to actually do, isn't it? We live in such, especially in our culture, we live in such a hurried, frenzied culture. And, and often I find myself, and just a little confession from your pastor here, that even in, in, in my day where I deal with Christian-y things, churchy things all day, and yet I find myself getting into, there's some meeting, something we got to figure out, we got to do this email, respond to this or whatever, and okay, what do we got to do? And I've appreciated just recently sometimes in meetings and, and someone will speak up and say, we should pray first. I go, yes, thank you, thank you, right? But how easy, 
how easy is it just to, to go on through? It's like when we were talking a few weeks ago about the Holy Spirit and just how crazy it is that we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, and yet how often we struggle and try and figure it out on our own, right? What's the first step? Prayer. Prayer. And so we're going to look to be obedient to that this morning. And, and Paul here uses four different words for prayer. And so what the format for this morning is going to be, if you've ever been to one of our kind of prayer summits, a little bit like that, we'll just stay right in our seats, but we'll be praying, have some times of prayer this morning. We're going to walk through these four words that Paul uses. And I'm going to explain each one and kind of show some different scriptures and give you an idea of what each of those different four words mean. And then after each one, we're going to pray okay, and, and kind of be obedient to that. And so that's what this morning is going to look like. Okay, so the first word, first of all, then I urge that supplications, supplications. So this word supplication is desis in the Greek, and it's, it, the definition is a deep desire or felt need. That's the idea behind this word, a deep desire felt need. And actually, Paul will use it later in this letter, when he's, he's giving Timothy instructions on the widows, and he talks about these widows that in that culture were, would be too old to remarry, um, that didn't have kids to take care of them, and he talks about how those widows daily in, in prayer and supplication before God, because he's all they have. They, he's, they're fully relying on God to meet every need. Right? That's, he uses that same word again. Supplication. Um, or, or here's another example, and this might be probably familiar to you if you've been in church for any amount of time. Another place it's used, Philippians 4, 6, 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, the same word, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so what are you anxious about in your life right now? That's probably the, a good way of, of looking at this. What is it that you're anxious about? What has you worried? And it can be anything. You see that? It's don't be anxious about anything. There's nothing too small, nothing too big, nothing too shameful, nothing too hard. Anything. What are you anxious about? Nothing too confusing. Bring everything to God, it says. Why? What does praying about it do? Well, verse 7, you see, and the peace of God which passes all understanding. You get God's peace. How many people have ever found that they've been able to solve whatever the issue is by being worried or anxious about it? Has that ever worked? Ever? <laughs> right? No, we bring it to God. We, we admit it's an act of faith when we come before God and we say, I have this deep desire. I have this, this need I'm feeling. And I'm recognizing that I can't solve this myself and I need you. And God gives us our peace when we, when we know that we need him, that we can't do it on our own, right? And then, and then we have that peace that there is a God who does love us and who has not abandoned us, right? And then it says he'll guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. That's guarding from that fear, from that doubt, that, that the, the devil loves to tell us that you're alone. The devil loves to tell us that you're not going to get through this, right? Bring it to God. Bring your supplications to him. 
And so we're going to do that this morning. Um, we're just going to have a time of prayer here and uh, give you some time to bring whatever you're, whatever you're feeling anxious about, um, whatever the, the deep desires of your heart, whatever the felt needs are that you have right now. Um, and I'm just going to, we're going to give you some time just to pray. If you came, if you're with your spouse or kids or something like that, you can pray with them, um, or you can pray individually just right in your seat, just silently. I'm just going to take a couple minutes um, just to pray, and I have a few things on the screen there if that helps you. What are you anxious about in your life right now? Where do you need God to act because you can't solve it on your own? What do you need to let go of and just trust God with? You sure can, Doug. <laughs> I was thinking a little bit, but I had a feeling, even that I was forgiven of my sins. Mm. Praise the Lord. I mean, good work. Amen. Amen. Doug was anxious, and God brought peace. <laughs> Amen. So let's take a few minutes just in your spot there, bring before the Lord whatever it is that you're anxious about, whatever your needs are. Let's take some time. Lord, we bring before you our needs this morning, um, the, the worries of our heart. Um, you tell us not to worry. You, you point to the birds of the air and the lilies of the field and how you care for them. How much more do you care for us? And uh, so, God, I pray for, for all of us here, Lord, whatever we're bringing, would we just lay it before you? Lord, would we trust, Lord, that you do love us. Lord, for anyone feeling lonely or abandoned, Lord, would you be so near to them? Would you make your presence known? God, for everyone, as someone who has a real need, Lord, would you provide? Would you meet that need, we pray, God? Would you guard our hearts and minds? Oh God, we thank you so much that you love us so much. What a privilege it is to know you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So the next word, Paul goes on. He says, first of all, then I urge that supplications and then prayers. Prayers. And this word, this is the most common word used for prayer in the New Testament. 
And uh, so that's why it's translated prayers most often, right? And so this is the word that, that really just describes the sacred activity of praying to God in worship. That would be the definition of it, okay? So that word prayer, so this is the one that you'd most commonly find, you know, when, it, when the Bible says, and Jesus went alone to pray, and the disciples prayed. And then you get into the Acts, the, the New Testament, that they prayed, and they gathered together to pray. It's the, it's the word that was used in that Acts 114, when they devoted themselves to prayer. Same word, right? It's this act of prayer that we do. And, and it's an act of worship. But that, that, that word of worship was a really key part of, of what defines prayer, is that we're reminding ourselves who we're praying to, right? And, and marveling at the fact that the almighty creator of the universe this morning here is hearing every one of our prayers, heard every felt need, every anxious thought, he hears and knows everyone. The, uh, it's also the word that Jesus used when he cleansed the temple and he flipped the tables in that and he, and he said that uh, this, my house, he quotes the Old Testament, my house is to be a house of prayer. Same word again, right? And so that's what we're doing this morning. We are praying. We are coming before the God intentionally to pray. And it's also the word used for the Lord's Prayer when the disciples say, teach us to pray, right? And then the Lord, Jesus teaches them to pray. And we think of the Lord's Prayer. Same word, that act, sacred act of praying to God in worship. But that word devoted stuck, to me, stuck out to me in that verse in Acts that we read. And I thought, that's one of the things. When we talk about this activity of prayer, it's intentional, that, that we need to devote, what does it mean to devote ourselves to prayer? There's intentionality there. And so maybe a bit of a challenge to you this morning is, is, is that in the mornings we've had time to, to pray together. But I really encourage you to pray with your spouse. And if anybody, if you don't do that and you haven't done it, it's, it's hard. It's actually not. Um, but uh, I just love this. I'll leave this with your line. If you're just to challenge you for praying with your spouse, my mentor used to always use the line. He'd say, those who pray together stay together. And so uh, I love that. And so I encourage you to, to pray with your spouse. It's one of the most intimate things you can do. And prayer should also mark us as a church. So be intentional in your personal life. Um, how can you be, make sure that you have those times of prayer? But we also want to be intentional as a church. We want prayer to be, first of all, something that we urge ourselves to do. And so that's part of what we're doing this morning. There's a prayer meeting on Wednesday night. There's a prayer meeting on Sunday morning before the service. It's one of the reasons a lot of you are in small groups. And I know that prayer is an important part, necessary, very important part of those gathering together at your small group. Um, and then just as you're interacting with one another, as you visit one another, every interaction, prayer needs to be, we want it to, to mark us as disciples and as a church. And so we're going to do that this morning as well. We're going to practice this activity of prayer in worship. And I thought we'd use the Lord's Prayer. And so this is something that you can, this is kind of a model that if you're looking for what to pray, maybe in your devotional time, this is something you can do. And so from in Matthew, the Lord's Prayer as Matthew records it, he records it in five verses. And so you can just take, instead of just reciting, a lot of you would have it memorized, but instead of just reciting it, just take each verse and then just pray the idea of that verse, right? Pray, pray into that. And so that's what we're going to do this morning, okay? So 
how it's going to work is all, it's on the screen there, but I'll, I'll just read the first uh, verse by verse, and then I'll share a couple things for us to kind of um, pray about. And then we'll just give you just 30 seconds to a minute, just on your own, you can pray, you can pray silently, you can pray out loud. I was a missionary kid, and one of the things, if you've never got to experience, is in the African church, when they went to prayer, just everybody prayed out loud. It's awesome. If you've never experienced it, it's, it's quite the experience. I, the majority of Christians pray that way, by the way. We're the weird ones, just so you know. Um, but, uh, but feel free. You can pray out loud, pray silently, and we'll just walk through. And so you can just keep your head bowed, and I'll, I'll go through each line and give you a couple things to pray about, and then I'll just share the next one, okay? So let's go to prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed, holy is your name. Pray, take time to worship God for how great and mighty and holy he is. God, you are so holy, you're so great. Thank you, God. Worship him for the privilege to come before his throne in prayer and thank him that he hears our every prayer. We do thank you, God. Thank you that you hear us. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's remind ourselves that we want God's will to be done in our lives, in our church, in our community. Pray for specific areas where you want God's will to be done. And commit yourself to surrendering yourself to him for God to use you however he wills. Give us this day our daily bread. Everything we have or need for life comes from God. Thank him for his provision, for his blessing in your life. And ask him to provide for your needs. And forgive us our debts as we also forgive, our, have forgiven our debtors. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Repent of any sin in your life. Be specific. Ask God to forgive you. If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sin.
And is there anyone that you need to forgive? Bring them before prayer to God. Forgive them and then commit to seeking reconciliation with that person as soon as you can. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Pray for God's protection over you and your family. For his protection over your church and those you love. Pray against doubt, against fear, against worry, against anxiety. And all these things we pray in the mighty name of Jesus because it is only by his blood that he has conquered sin and darkness and only by his power that our prayers are answered. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. And then the third word is intercessions. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayer, and intercessions. And intercessions, we often think of that idea of praying for somebody else, right? But it was interesting as I was studying for this that the idea behind it is actually about familiar conversation. Um, one of the early church fathers in the early church named Origen, he, he said the, the idea behind this was bold access to God. That's the idea behind intercessions. It's actually only used a couple times in the New Testament. Um, and so the picture then is, is if you've ever had somebody that you've went to on behalf of another, you know, if so, or if someone's come to you and said, hey, you know the prime minister, I don't know what, you know, you know somebody in really high place and you have, you have a, a close relationship with them. And so will you talk to them? Will, will you ask them for me? You know, when we go, when we intercede, it's based on the fact that we have a close relationship with God, that we know that he's, he hears us, and we have these intimate conversations. We can boldly approach the throne, and he's, we, we've seen him act in the past. And so we come before God, and we say, Lord, I know that you hear me. I, I know that you've answered prayer. We have this relationship. And so... I, I just want to bring this person, Lord, before you. This person that's on my heart, you know. That's the idea of intercession. It's not just praying for somebody, to, you know. It's, it's the, based on the fact that you have this intimate relationship that you're able to come before God and say, I want to bring this person along. That's intercession. And so we're going to pray this morning. We're going to do that um, for some of our missionaries. 
and I had asked the missions team if they could sh- ask the missionaries for some prayer requests. And uh, so we're going to, we'll put that on the screen. And just together as a congregation where two or three are gathered, right, we know God is with us. And that we can boldly approach the throne, Hebrews 4. And so I'm going to put them on the screen. And um, I'm not going to share. There's going to be a bunch of points on there. I'm not going to share them out loud. Um, so you'll just have to read the actual prayer request. We just, as far as a live stream, want to be careful with some of the requests there. So um, I'll just say the name of the missionaries. And then you can read the screen there and then just pray with the person beside you or pray on your own for these requests, okay? First one's Jason and Aaron Ban and their family, and so they're serving with, um, with Ethnos and an established program with uh, mainly focused on the, the indigenous in northern Canada um, and bringing uh, the establishes a program that brings like the foundations of the Gospels to churches and that and, and helps them to establish that Gospel foundation and then, and then share it. Um, but they were previously um, overseas. And so today, Jason and his oldest daughter, Katie, are actually flying to where they used to be. It's on the screen there. Um, and, uh, and so there's a prayer for safety. It's not a very safe place. Um, and they're walking into some difficult things. Um, there is an email that's much longer that I can share with you where Jason has it at Dave and Diane Band. So you can come see me after, and I can forward that to you if you'd like it. But... Uh, so prayer for that, for that trip. They leave today. They're flying out. Dave, that's where Dave and Diane are. They're down there meeting with them before they fly out. And then prayer for Aaron and the family as they're here without them for a number of weeks. Um, and uh, you can see the rest on the screen. Let's pray for Jason and Aaron. Lord, we lift up Jason and Aaron Band and the family to you. I'm going to pray for Jordan and Jessica Martin and family. They're serving up in Ruby, Alaska. Um, you can see the, the requests there for, for prayer. Lift them up.
Yes, Lord. We lift them to you. We pray for Jason and Angie Bechtel and family. They're serving at Ethnos in the Durham, the head office in Canada at Durham. Um, there's a, a new gym being built there just for safety, volunteers, and that. Um, and then for a number of new missionary candidates that are in the process that God is equipping to send out. Let's pray. We lift them to you, God. And then Brant and Laney, Joy, and family. Um, we heard from them a couple weeks ago. So they're going to be um, missionaries up to the Arctic. And uh, they're planning to head up there in May. And so the, uh, there's the needs for them to be able to go in May. other needs, anything that's on your part, anybody you want to bring before the Lord this morning. Just take a minute just to bring those loved ones that you want to bring before the throne of grace. What a privilege it is, Jesus, that we can come before the throne because of what you did. That we are, our sins, everything that, that, that separated us from God has been washed away by your blood. Oh, Lord, we thank you. We receive that. We've been clothed in your righteousness. We can stand boldly before the throne that you hear us, that you care for us, that you loved us that much. Hear our prayers, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, after the service every week, there's uh, the prayer team is up here, and it's just another opportunity. If there's anybody you would like to pray for or would you like someone to pray with you, just a reminder, they're always here. You can come up during the last song, and, um, and the prayer team will be here. Okay, ready for the last word he uses? First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. It's really interesting. This word translated thanksgiving is eucharistus in Greek. And so that sound familiar? It's where we get uh, the word eucharist that we use for communion or the Lord's Supper. And so I just thought that was really interesting. The definition of the word is thankfulness is an act of worship 
And so when you think of it in that regard, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? That uh, we would use that word for communion because that's what that is. That's, a, that's an act of worship, thankfulness for what Jesus has done for us. And he ends it there with this thanksgivings, this, this, thank, this prayer is a, is a prayer of thankfulness in response to what Jesus has done. How do we respond then? We do it for all people. And so we pray for all people, and then he's going to go into a couple more verses here and, and give us some specifics on what, who we're supposed to be praying for, and we're going to finish with that this morning. And so just going to read down a couple more verses. <clears throat> oh, I had a, a reference there from Colossians where this word is used, the same word. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in Eucharistus in thanksgiving. Same word, right? And so during our Colossians series, we saw that. It's just reinforcing that picture that this is, this is prayer in response, a prayer of thankfulness in response for what Jesus has done. And what should that drive us to, cause us to, to do? Well, we should pray for, we should have a heart for all people. And then specifically, we're going to pray for kings and all who are in high positions, that we might lead a peaceful, quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. And so this could apply to any and all of our leaders from from our civil leaders, from local town councils and mayors to provincial to federal, right? The, the leaders of, of our, you know, whether it's different big things that affect us, health or education, um, within the church, encouraging you to pray for, for your elders and pastors. We need it. Um, and so, and, and you see what he says there, that we, what, what are we praying for? The, the hope is that we can lead peaceful, quiet lives, godly lives, dignified. That, and so that these, these you don't, it doesn't mean that you agree with everything they're doing. Your prayer is that they would make decisions that would lead to peace, that they would allow godly decisions, right? That, 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 would, be, that would dignify people and bring dignity to people. Those people in leadership have that power. And so that should be our prayer. And so I've asked Jim Campbell if he'd, lead us in prayer for that. Jim was on council for a number of years, and so um, Jim's just going to lead us in prayer for, for our leaders. Jim. Our Father, we do thank you for the scriptures this morning that we have been listening to and thinking about, Father. We need, we need to think, Father, of our, of our powers. We think of the war that's going on over in in the Ukraine and those places, Father, and the mighty powers that are involved. And we do pray, Father, for our, our leaders, whether they be our PMs or our MPPs. We pray, Father, that they indeed will look to you for wisdom and for guidance and for strength to be able to do the job that they're supposed to do. And we think, Father, as we come down the chain here, and we even think of our, our elders, Father, and the leaders of our church here, and how much we need to pray for each and every one of them, Father, for strength, for wisdom, and for guidance. And for our pastors, our leaders, Father, who speak to us on Sundays, Father. And we just pray, Father, that you indeed will watch over these people in a very special way in these days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
And so Paul encourages us to pray, or can I say the Bible commands us to pray for our leaders? Okay, so this should be something on your prayer list that we be praying for our leaders. And then he carries on with these next couple verses, starting at verse 3. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. So we pray for our leaders, and then we pray for those that aren't saved. And a number of you probably are thinking of names. You might have family members, people really close. And then we think of those that we know, the ones that God's put in your life, but also our communities. We live in a, in a post-Christian culture, in a world that's so desperate. Did you know that Canada is now, more and more, is becoming on the missionary list of other countries? You know, that's the, we, we live in a world where, in a country where so many need to find salvation. And uh, we had the men's breakfast yesterday and, and uh, did an invite a friend day and, and uh, talked about this and prayed about this. And I just love Lloyd McClinchy's heart for the lost. And so I asked Lloyd if he'd lead us in prayer for the lost this morning. Lloyd, would you pray, Lloyd? Yes, Father God, we thank you this morning that you're a wonderful Heavenly Father, that you bless us with many blessings, and every morning is a new blessing for each one of us, and we thank you this morning that we can come to you with thanksgiving in our hearts for what you've done in our lives, and we just praise you that uh, we've tasted and knew that you are a good Heavenly Father, and we just ask, Father God, that you be gracious and Draw men and women to yourself, and especially for our towns and the villages we have right around us and here in county, and we ask Holy Spirit to come and, and draw men and women to yourself and cause them to know your grace and mercy. We just ask a note pouring of your Holy Spirit on our whole country that, that men will come to repentance and they'll know you as their personal Savior that you said that you came to save those that are lost. So we ask that that may open their hearts up and receive that. And we, and we just expect, Father, an in-gathering of your Holy Spirit. You said the fields are right on to harvest. So we ask that you will send uh, harvesters out to bring them in and open heart of the people to receive you. And we give you thanks now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Um, and if there's anybody here, here that doesn't have that personal relationship, we'd love to talk to you. And if you have questions, the, like I said, the prayer team's always at the front, or you can find, find somebody that you know has that relationship with Jesus. I'm, I guarantee they would love to talk to you. And so to close this morning, um, I'd just like you to... Um, if you got something to write on or record or text yourself or something, um, I'd like you each to commit, put down some names you're going to commit to praying for this week. All right? Maybe you have to write down when, when that time is going to be. Um, but uh, just, we need to be serious about this. First of all, I urge you, <laughs> the Bible says, right? And so, 
Who is it that will you commit to praying for this week? Intercessions, your people you're bringing before the Lord, lost, that you want to be saved. And then I'll pray and the worship team will come up for a closing song. Waiting to hear the writing stop. Dear Lord, we, uh, oh, we thank you for your word. Uh, we, we marvel that we can pray to you, that you hear us, and that we can hear you, Lord. Teach our hearts uh, to hear your voice. Holy Spirit, lead us every step of every day, Lord. Lay people on our hearts that um, you want us to speak to. Use us however you will. We surrender to you, Lord. We want to be used by you for your glory. In Jesus' name.